So we've, we've officially figured out how to get everybody here on Wednesday nights, right? It's covered dip food and we got a big announcement. That's it. Food always works. Let me commend y'all too on the fact that we didn't have 18 buckets of chicken. Or any sweet tea. It was really, really good. Thank y'all for what you brought. And whoever, who brought the, uh, who brought the uh, crock pot that had the green beans with the ham hock in it? Who, who did that? Huh? Okay, let me tell y'all, for those of you who don't know, the ham hock is edible. I got some. I left some for somebody else, but nobody else. I'm sitting there and the whole, all the beans are gone and the ham hocks left. I said, well. There's no use in letting the pig go to waste. That's good stuff right there. I'm gonna get uh <clears throat> I'm gonna call y'all up in a minute. Y'all good. So here's what we're gonna do. I'm gonna I'm gonna share my heart, share our heart, kind of where some things that's been going on, and then I'm gonna let the uh I'll let the elders share some things, and then we're, we're going to go from there. Pastor, yes, ma'am. Are we wrong about the green beans buried made of pineapple? <laughs> I thought the, the two shall become one. So you still get credit for it. Because Lord knows he probably didn't know how to do that before y'all got married, did he? It was their crime. <laughs> Listen, no, listen, from now on, whatever, the ham hock that's got the bone in it, leave that in there, because I'll know on that. Okay. I do. I'm going to say, well, that's, you know, that's not kosher. You shouldn't do that, because it looks, I don't care what it looks like. It's good. I'm going to be gnawing on the ham hock while everybody's eating chicken. So let me, uh. Can you go out to somewhere? You sure? Go ahead. That's how the Lord wants us to be, by the way. A room full of people and you just run up to your daddy and go, listen, none of them matter. It's just me and you. <laughs> so let me say, uh, let, me, let me start this by saying uh, two things, three things really. Number one, what I say tonight and what I present to you tonight, I present with an open hand. And an open heart. Well, we present it with an open hand and open heart. Number two, what we say, we have given the Holy Spirit permission. I've given the Holy Spirit permission. We as elders and we as a church give the Holy Spirit permission to arrest us and correct us and adjust us as needed. Amen? Uh, and uh, thirdly, uh, this has been something that we've been praying about and moving towards, and the Lord has just kind of brought it uh, to our hearts. And so, anyway, without any further ado, let's just pray, and then we'll go from there. Father, in the name of Jesus, we thank you for the food. We thank you for the fellowship. But most of all, we thank you for family. We thank you for relationships. And what you have knit together in this, your body, Lord, we thank you for it. We thank you for the family atmosphere. We thank you for 
the mindset that you're creating in us and the culture that you're creating in us so that we can take that culture and infect the culture in our city and in our areas of influence. And so we thank you for that. So Lord, as we talk tonight, I thank you for the Holy Spirit giving us the words to say and articulate effectively and clearly what it is you want to say in the name of Jesus. Everybody said amen. Amen. John chapter 12. I'm going to take you through the progression that the Lord kind of took me through and how I uh, presented it and talked to the elders and kind of and then I'm going to let them kind of share what God has kind of taken them through and and uh, how we've arrived at this. John chapter 12 verse 23. Jesus said The hour has come that the Son of Man should be glorified. Most assuredly, I say to you, unless a grain of wheat falls into the ground and dies, it remains alone. But if he dies, it produces much grain. He who loves his life will lose it, and he who hates his life in this world will keep it for eternity. So, where's Mr. Don? Mr. Don, when I read this this week, I thought of you. Because he said, the hour has come, and I thought about what you said the other night at the, the leadership. The hour has come for the Son, Jesus, the kingdom of God, to be glorified. Now, the word glorified means an expression and a recognition of praise and honor that we give him based on our, uh, based on our openness and our opinions that we form of him. It means to invest with dignity. So what we're doing, the hour has come, I believe, in the kingdom of God abroad, that we are placing him in his proper honor, in his proper place of honor across the globe. There's something that's happening in the kingdom of God where God is shifting and shaking his church and getting them to the place where, uh, let me say it this way, I was praying in here this afternoon, and the Lord said to me, just as clearly, the Holy Spirit spoke to my heart and he said, the, uh, the, the, passive, the days of passive Christianity is over. I've given my people the power and the influence and the anointing to do what I've called them to do. And now it's time to do it. And so I wanted to stress John chapter 12 because that's where the Lord started. He said... Unless a grain of wheat falls to the ground and dies, it cannot produce life. Death is not bad. How do I know that? Well, uh, in 1 Corinthians 15, it says, Jesus, it said, quoting, I mean, uh, Paul quoting the Old Testament says, Oh, death, where is your sting? Death has lost its sting forever. There is no, there is no sting in death especially for the believer, but even beyond that, because Jesus conquered death, hell, and the grave. And so there is no, there is no victory in death. 2 Corinthians 5.17 says, If anyone is in Christ, he's a new creature. Behold, all things have, behold, all th- and behold, things have died, and behold, all things have become new. In other words, the old things have passed away. Why? So that all things may become new. Death has a purpose so that life may be brought up. 
And then last but least, Joshua chapter 1. If you got your Bibles, I want you to turn there because I want you to read. This is where we're really going to camp out. This is where God really took us. Seven years ago, seven and a half years ago, yeah, seven and a half years ago, New Year's Eve 2009, wasn't it? Because we came in 2010. It was 2009 where they, New Year's Eve 2009, at New Covenant Church in Valdosta, Georgia, there was a couple uh, that speak that has spoken into our life that begin to pray over us and prophesied some things over us that we just saw come to fruition this year. And this was one of them. And so the Lord took me back to Joshua. And this is what he said. He said, after the death of Moses, the servant of the Lord, it came to pass that the Lord spoke to Joshua, the son of Nun, Moses' assistant, saying, Moses, my servant, is dead. Now therefore arise, go over to this Jordan, and you and all the people to the land which I am giving to them, the children of Israel. Every place that the sole of your foot will tread upon I have given you. And I have said, as I said to Moses, from the wilderness and this Lebanon as far as the great river, the river Euphrates and all the land in the Hittites and to the great sea towards the going down of the sun shall be your territory. No man shall be able to stand before you all the days of your life. As I was with Moses, so I will be with you. I will not leave you nor forsake you. Be strong and of good courage, for to this people you shall divide as an inheritance the land which I swore to your fathers to give them. Only be strong and very courageous that you may observe to do according to the law which Moses, my servant, commanded you. Do not turn from it from the right or to the left, that you may prosper wherever you go. This book of the law shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate in it day and night that you may observe to do according to all that is written, for then you will make your way prosperous, and then you will have good success. So what am, I, what am I saying? He spoke to my heart, and he has spoken to our hearts. And what we heard the Lord, what we believe, it seems good to us and to the Holy Spirit, what we feel like the Lord has said, is that my servant Moses is dead. Now go and take the people to the promised land. What does that mean? That means that what you know, what we have come to know as New Covenant Church must die. What does that mean? That means that the old way of thinking, the name, the building itself, everything that encompasses what we think because of what? Because unless a grain of wheat falls to the ground and dies, it cannot bear much fruit. It cannot rise. So out of the death will come a birth. And that birth is us. The birth is what God is calling us to do as a church. So you let that soak in for a minute, okay? Because at the first thought of it, you think death means X, Y, Z. And the Lord has taken me through this process. And he says, how many times did Moses mess up? How many times did Moses strike the rock when he should have spoke to the rock? And he said, because of this, you will not enter the promised land. But yet he still, when he spoke to Joshua, 
He said, as I was with Moses, I will be with you. So even in that area of disobedience, even in that area where he couldn't inherit the land, he couldn't see, he let him see the land, but he couldn't possess the land. And even in that area, the Spirit of the Lord, God himself, still honored the man of God and said, as I was with Moses, so I'll be with you. And so the Lord said, as I was with the new covenant church, so I will be with you. As I was with the old, I will be with you. And so what does that mean? That means that when that means out of this death, out of this planting in the ground, is now birthed a new work, a new life, a new church. No longer will we do things the way we did them. No longer will we look back and say, oh, what great times we had. No longer will we say how hard it was. We will not look back. All we will see is the promised land and what God has promised. And we will see every step of the way God confirming His promises to us as we, as we step out and as we walk. Well, what does that look like? I don't know. That's the great thing. Because we're going to do it together. The difference between, somebody brought this up the other night at our leadership meeting, the difference between Moses and Joshua, Moses had the Logos word, Joshua had the Rhema word. Uh, God gave Moses the plan, but God gave Joshua the call, and he built a team who implemented a plan. You're the team. This isn't, well, where you want to go, Pastor. No, this is where he's calling us to go. And every one of your hearts will birth something new out of this. And so we're inviting you as elders and as the leadership team to be a part and come with us as we take this journey. What does that mean from a practical standpoint? From a practical standpoint, it means that we're going to... Uh, we're going to begin to take steps to get out from underneath this debt and this place. And it's not because financially we can't do it. It's because from a stewardship standpoint, we shouldn't do it. We shouldn't devote all of our resources and all of our influence and all of our time into this. This is a multi-million dollar facility and grounds that we one day will be in that place where we could inhabit that, but we're not there. God is taking us, doing something with us that's different. He's wanting us out. He's wanting us to go. And the biggest way and the best way for us to go is to begin to take steps to move in that direction. So we're, we're taking those steps in the natural realm to get put this place on the market for a what we're believing for a church that will be able to come that needs a facility like this so that they can go and do what God's called. Because God's called us all to do this. It's not just us. It's all of us. The body of Christ coming together. The church is coming together like never before. And so for us, that's what it means. From a natural standpoint, we have the ability to put this up for sale and potentially walk away with the uh, substantial amount of finances to be able to start, no matter what we do, we're not going back into debt. Amen. Amen. I believe I've heard clearly from the Lord. I believe we've heard clearly from the Lord that we, whatever we do, wherever we go, 
whatever happens next, we will not do it based on the world's system. We will reconfigure and transform our pattern of thought to think and kingdom-mindedness, and we won't go back into debt for a building or a facility. But we could potentially walk away with enough money to just go buy our own facility and buy something or build something debt-free and be debt-free. The thing we've been believing and confessing for seven years, we could potentially walk away, and we will, in the name of Jesus, be debt-free. One way or another, we're going to be debt-free. It seems good to us and to the Holy Spirit. That's the only way I know to, to, to say that with you. God's doing something new. He is. He's doing something new. Not new to the kingdom of God, but new to us. New and fresh. He's waking his church up to, do, to line itself up with what the book of Acts looked like. Where church wasn't just about buildings and facilities but it actually made a shocking difference in the culture and in the community. It's a shift. And if you want to know the truth about it, the, the building and the, fi- the, the, the financial burden and the building itself really is secondary to the mindset that this creates. The mindset that this creates is what we're going after or going out of and going into something new. At some point, we've got to leave the mountain and we've got to cross over the River Jordan and we've got to possess the promised land. And that's where we're at. Well, like I said, we're doing it with an open hand, but at the same time, there's such unction inside of us to take these steps. And what I've been hearing is the Lord has said, He said one thing He did is one of the few times in my life where the Lord has spoke to me using half of a verse. He didn't even use all of it. He simply said to me, son, if you'll be faithful over little. That's all he said. He didn't even say, I'll make you rulers. He just said, if you'll just be faithful over little. Because if you read that passage in Matthew, you'll see where the faith, where both servants got the same reward. He said to both servants, well done, my good and faithful servant. You have been faithful over little. Now I'll make you ruler over much. He's calling us to be faithful. Church is going to and must look different. It's going back to the heart of God in the book of Acts. It's going back to when they met from house to house and they broke bread together and they met in the synagogues and the Lord added to the number daily those that were being saved. Let me me ask you this, and I say this with no condemnation. Please hear my heart, but I say this with no condemnation. When's the last time we led somebody to the Lord? When's the last time we spoke truth to someone in a heart of love and asked them, have you made Jesus the Lord of your life? I don't mean just walking up to a stranger. I mean, when's the last time that we really had some influence in, in, a, in a worldly person's life? And so we, we, sometimes we think that they're just going to walk in off the streets. They do from time to time. But that's not, in this day and age, that's not. What it is, I'm telling you, I'm seeing that God has equipped us to engage the culture that we live in and get involved in the community that we live in and engage the people that we live in for the sake of no other reason than the fact that we've got the answer for what they're looking for. You do. You've got it. 
You've got on the inside of you mountain moving, burden removing, yoke destroying, the power of God on the inside of you to effect change in your atmosphere, in your sphere of influence like you've never seen before. Never. It's almost like the Lord is, is smiling and looking down and saying, I dare you to just try it. I dare you to grab somebody next to you in your work or in your sphere of influence. And I dare you to just look for that open door and see if I won't show up and absolutely blow their mind and your mind at the same time with what he wants to do. Second thing he said was arise and go over. He said, as I was with Moses, I'll be with you. Environment affects the atmosphere. This environment is, 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 is different. It's not who we are anymore. Now, we can't make somebody buy the building. So let me just say that out loud. We can't make some. We're not talking about packing up and leaving tomorrow. Okay? We're not turning it over to the bank and saying, hey, that's not what we're talking about. We're going to be diligent and good stewards and financially responsible and do everything we can to maintain and do what we're doing. But at the same time, if you're going to sell your house, what you got, what you're going to do? You're going to put it on the market. You're going to put it for sale. You're going to get the word out. That's what we're talking about doing. Somebody comes and buys it or whatever the Lord has. We're just being obedient to the step that the Lord has told us this far. And he said, church is going to look different. It's going to be different. It's got to. We can't keep doing the same thing we're doing over and over again and expecting different results. It's not going to get different results. But I'm telling you, God is birthing something. He's doing something. He's already done it. We were, April and I were talking, we got a friend of ours who's a very talented writer, and she wrote in her, uh, on her Facebook page, and, and it was so good I had to write it down. She said, maybe life is so much more about what we do than about what happens to us or even what is happening to us. In the words of Dr. Seuss, she said, If things start happening, don't worry, don't stew. Just go right along and you'll start happening too. There is something about forward momentum. There's something about the fact that God, he, he was very specific. He said, as I was with Moses. In other words, Joshua Look at the track record that Moses had. Moses didn't stay still. He kept going. Even in the desert, he kept going. They didn't just can't. They kept going round and round and round and round the desert. Sometimes, Lord have mercy, I feel like we've done that here. Just round and round and round and round and round and round and round. It's time. It's time to cross over the Jordan. It's time to go possess the promised land. It's time to get out, and that happens by a declaration. There's something. I knew that there was going to be something that was going to happen tonight because when you articulate it and you say it in the natural, there's something that happens in the spirit. We've just released it. We've just declared it. Now we got to do it. It's out there now. The cat's out of the bag. It's in the atmosphere, and I'm excited. I feel like I've been bottled up. What's the new name? I don't know. I don't know what, what we're going to I don't know because I know God is birthing that. He's stirring some things up in me. He's stirring some things up in us. But it's going to come. It's going to come out. Every place that the sole of your foot, your home, your work, your city. I heard the Lord say strong person, strong family, strong city. Strong people, strong family, strong city.
I was at ABAC this morning and went to the library there to get ready for tonight. And then I came back here and I prayed. And, but as I was there, I was walking and ABAC has just exploded. I mean, I had to park six miles, it seemed like, from the uh, library. And I thought, good Lord, I don't know if I want to go to the library that bad or not. But as I was walking, every place, the, I didn't even think about it, every place, the, you know, the foot, my foot tread, every place. And I got up, and it took me, Lord have mercy, it took me, you know, five minutes to walk from my truck all the way to the library, and there's just students everywhere. And I got up there, and I went up, and I sat down, and I started reading, and the Lord said, and I got to that part where he said, every place that the sole of your foot shall tread, I've given you. And the Lord said to me, he said, didn't you walk on this place? And I said, yes, sir. He said, well, then I've already given you a bag. He said, oh, where did you walk today? We went to lunch, then we went to the Dollar Tree, then we came back here, then we went home. Every place that the sole of your foot treads, he's given it to us already. <clears throat> no man shall be able to stand against you all the days of your life. I'm declaring to you what God declared to Joshua, which is he in turns is declaring to us. Nothing can stop you. Nothing can prosper. No weapon formed against you. It doesn't mean the weapons aren't going to be formed. They just ain't going to prosper. Be strong and courageous. John Wayne said, courage is being afraid to death, but saddling up anyway. I like that. The last but not least, he said, meditate. Stick close to me. Let my words, let my word change your pattern of thinking. Let it change the way you think. He's not after your thoughts. He's after the way you think. The way you think about church. The way you think about finances. The way we think about health. The way we think about our friends. The way we think about it. He's after our way of thinking. And if we will allow the word of God to change the way our pattern of thinking, then all that we do and all that we touch will prosper. Amen. Amen. Morris, Bill, Langston, Casey, y'all want to come say your part, what you got? I want you guys to hear from them too, and, and then we'll uh, do open mic night. How about that? I'd like to have my brothers up here with me. Yeah. I got hand, handed the mic, but I don't have to go first. Y'all got something bursting? You do? I know you do. Um, I like the fact that it's um, it's an agreement that we've come to, and an understanding. Mine, um, you have understanding, you come into agreement, and then you come into alignment on something. And through that alignment, after everything's aligned, that's where the motivation comes from. And um, I'm excited. Um, 
there have been things stirring in me probably two years back concerning this. And it's, 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 a lot of it's just waiting on time and waiting on the Lord, waiting on things to come into agreement and to understanding and to alignment. And then it's time to cross the Jordan. Um, one thing in particular that um, Pastor hadn't touched on yet, and I, uh, he may get back to it, is changing your environment changes your atmosphere. And I see that that's part of what's going to happen uh, as we, we go forth. Um, I thought the other day I, I was talking with Pastor about some things, and this rose up in my, in my, in my spirit, the, the scripture concerning Jesus speaking to the rich young ruler. And, and the ruler, he was taking steps forward, you know, in his walk with the Lord as he knew him. And he was asking Jesus, you know, I've done this, 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 and this. And Jesus said, you've done well. And he said, well, what else? What's, what's that next step that I need to take? And when Jesus told him what it was going to take, it meant leaving his environment into a new atmosphere. And the rich young ruler couldn't do it. I, that's why I'm, I don't want to not take the opportunity to change the environment and the atmosphere that I walk in with the Lord. Because I, who knows where that rich young ruler would have ended up. We don't know. I got to think that maybe he, mighty in the kingdom of God he would have been. Mighty. Because he had so much other in him. And so um, I'm excited. I know as, as there's a difference in when the Israelites came out of Egypt into the desert. There was a time for that. that things needed to die. Not, not just a generation, but how many know there were spiritual things dying that they had to die to? There were spiritual things they had to die to. And then, but when they got ready to cross into Jordan, I mean, it was, it was a team. There were strategies ahead for them. And they didn't know, they didn't know exactly where the next battle, where, where the next piece of land was going to be that they would take. But they knew God, God was going to direct them in it. And they did it as a team. They did it together. They were, they understood it. They were in agreement they were in alignment, and man, they moved. They moved and took the land. So I, I see that for this area that, um, uh, for this body of people, there is there's an awakening happening within this body. I, um, I don't know if you feel it. I spoke on it last November, but there, there is an awake, something awakened in us. And I see that. I see that in people when, when we're here on Sunday morning. I see it in conversations. There's an awakening happening of, of realizing that the church is at the center of the world. The church is not peripheral. The church is at the center. And it's time to take that center with, with Jesus. Because that's where Jesus is. As a pastor was speaking tonight, I, I could sense in, in the spirit where the spirit was saying, this is that. He said that a lot of us are here because we've been disappointed with the traditional church. 
And this church, the roots of this church, we've always been just a little bit peculiar. We've always moved just a little bit ahead of what some of the denominational sister and brother churches that we have are doing. But I have walked in that, that frustration for several months in terms of walking into just a, a mundane four-walled church where we just come on Sunday and Wednesday nights and just sit. And a few years ago, we were taught about fivefold. We were talking about the apostolic ministry of the church. We saw it all throughout the New Testament. And then I would look around at our church and I would say, okay, where is it? Where is the apostle? Where is the, the, the prophet? Where are the teachers? Where are the evangelists? And I said, we have pastors. We have pastors all over the city. But I saw only glimpses of some of the other stuff. And when I began to question what that looked like, I couldn't get answers. Uh, well, we have prophecy that goes on here, or we have somebody coming in that's an event. And I said, but where is it in the giftings of our church? Because the word is very clear that the gifts were given to the church. And Inez and I, we've been on a journey even as a family just digging deep for finding our giftings and finding out where to use them. And one of the things that we've realized is that if you have a gifting that is inside of you and there's never an expression of that thing, you will die. You'll get frustrated. You'll never be happy because this thing is bursting inside of you to find a place. And we went through a, a season of that. And, and thank God that he sent us some, some teachers and some folks that kind of showed us what our gifting was and taught us along the way. And, you know, I've had a chance to teach some others. Well, last fall I had an opportunity to go away to a conference, and I came back and I was just excited because I knew that it was time to do something. There was something that was getting ready to be birthed, not only in us, but we would hope that it would transfer to, to our church. And a few weeks ago we started something called a Jesus Journey. And I told the pastor that I was going to do a teaching, but I didn't tell him the specifics of it. And to me, the date that we got up and got ready to tell folks that we were going to be teaching this thing inside the city of Tifton, the pastor got up and says, uh, today's topic will be Jesus' journey. And when he put up that last slide, I was amazed that he talked about everything that we were going to do and where our hearts were. And I think that he was amazed, too, because we hadn't discussed it. It started the same week, and it continued and culminated at the end of this week. And I said, you know, for something like that to occur, it's got to be God. God says, I'm doing something in, in this world. And what happens, we realized that we were on a journey to express ourselves, but it reflected on our hearts and seemed good that it was not just in the church. God always wanted the church to go outside these four walls and express what they were doing. And we'd gotten very, very comfortable with doing that. Well, in the six weeks, which we'll finish this week, um, we've had some folks come. And generally what we see is there's a trend where there's a lot of interest at first, and every week it kind of goes down. And it kind of shows me that not everybody may not be willing to go on a journey such as this. But I believe that it's God's will to restore. And in one of the teachings that we, we had, I, I had done a study that said 400 years A.D., we didn't see any churches until then. And then it seemed like man thought it was good that to have a building where you could come to on a regular basis and do the things that we do. But he said, meet regularly. They met in houses. They went from place to place. But as Jesus walked, they were out and about. And there's a big commission that we've been said. It said, go, make disciples. That the, the sole purpose of the church and our relationship here was to bring something called 
the fivefold ministry together. And there would be an apostle, there'd be a prophet. And we began to see some of those things. And with everything that's in me, I became a little bit frustrated because I looked at my pastor and I said, you're not pastoring well enough. And I humbled myself because over a period of time, God said, he's not a true pastor. I've given him grace for this season because he is carrying us to a place where the true church is going. He said, your pastor is an apostle. I've said him to be apostle because he's going to see and he's going to send. And then all of a sudden, God began to give us a bigger and bigger picture. At least Inez and I gave us a bigger and bigger picture of what he was doing. So this is a season now where God is saying, this is that. And what it does is it reflects back on us. We, as individuals and as families, now have to make a decision whether we are in agreement with that through the Spirit. And you have to ask the Spirit. You have to pray. You need to fast. You need to get close to your word and start reading the New Testament to see how the original church was supposed to be formed. We understand what the foundation of it was supposed to be, how it was supposed to be formed, but what happened after that, and why did man change? Man has a tendency to want to simplify things, and sometimes he can mess up a little bit, but I think that God is in a season of restoration. And he kind of gave us a timeline. He said, in six months, you're going to begin to see some changes. He says, Langston, this, this is that. This is what I'm calling you guys to. Um, but anyway, the time now, I think, is to, to make a decision and, and decide and to, to really, really be excited about what this means. I think that New Covenant has always been a trendsetter. We've always been ahead of everybody in hearing. Because of the prophetic and the supernatural gifts that are here, they seem to come true and they penetrate every one of our hearts. And, and to us, it's a yes and amen. In fact, our biggest caution is, we don't want to move somewhere into the middle of a city, and it's supposed to be a go word, and then we kind of come bring our chairs and sit and want to be entertained. That's not for us. We can't do that. We can't go back. We're going forward into what God calls us to do, and we ask you to, to join with us. And, and God gives us grace during that time and that season. So be prayerful. Well, you know, the, the whole thing about, about the word go is just uh, uh, the harvest is white and the labors are few. And, and that harvest is, is the lost. And that's what we're going for, are the lost. Um, you know, this, this church, this building does not define who we are as a body of Christ. We are children of God and saved by grace. And that's, that's what we are to go and tell. We are children of God, saved by grace, and there is hope in this world that looks hopeless. And that is the going that God wants us to do. Now, we're, we don't have all the answers. Uh, I'm sure some of you have questions. We, we still have questions. You know, not that we're questioning God, but we, we, we don't know it all right now. We don't know you know, where we're going to go, but we are going somewhere. But wherever we go, we're still going to be family. We're still going to be the body of Christ that we have been knit together with all these years. None of that is going to change. Just the way we operate, uh, church as usual, is, is what's going to be changing. It's that mindset of just coming to church instead of being the church. That's, that's the, big, the biggest change. We can be the church wherever wherever we at. If you're pumping gas, you're still the church. 
If you're in Walmart shopping, you're still the church. So the, a building does not define who a church is. So, you know, if you have questions, that's okay. Um, you know, if, if you like me, you know, <laughs> you're going to sleep on this thing and start praying about it, and, and uh, it'll unravel a little slow, and, and just meditate on that thing, we'll, we'll come to us. You know, come. Any questions that you have, you know, come. Come and ask us. Just be open. You know, uh, nobody is 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 saying this. Thus saith the Lord, or else. You know, if if and 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 too, I just let you know if 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 uh, what the Lord has laid on our heart, if this is not for you, that's perfectly okay. That's okay. But the Lord has said, go where we're going to go. Right now, as far as a location, we we don't know, but we know we're going. And, and we're going to save the lost. We're going to meet the needs of the lost. That's where we're going. You know, uh, Scripture says there's wisdom in a multitude of counsel. And one of the things I've learned a lot as being an elder is we're different people. And God gives us different views, you know, that... The analogy he gave me a long time ago was back in the old, the, when you'd watch the Western movies and they had a fort and the fort had four walls. And you had watchmen on the walls. And if you would get those four watchmen together, they'd give you four different views because they saw from four different angles. They were all right. But if you ask one, he saw something different than the other. But together, they had the word. They had what it took to protect, to take care of. And the thing that I really, uh, first of all, let me say something to you. The things that Langston's heart, the things the pastor has been talking about, you have been ministering. My wife has ladies at the house. You know, I ministered. Uh, Casey, a fellow he's poured into for years. Langston, Inez, these guys are, are uh missionaries they travel all over the world ministry is taking place you guys are ministering it is happening the thing i see right now what is really going to change i think is some of you i feel you still struggle with being a part because you think that we rent we run this place and you're still kind of outsiders you're going to be a part. This is going to be your part. This is going to be you. You are the church. You will be a part. Pastor wants that. Pastor's always, you know, if you have an idea, he does not, he said, listen, this is not a one-man show. It's not supposed to be. The scripture says when you come together, one has a hymn, one has a song, one has a word. We're the body of Christ. And I believe you're going to feel more of a part. You're going to feel more of a part. That's the heart of the Father. And every one of you, you know, uh, Brother Don, he repairs automobiles. He ministers to people. He, he even does stuff for people that's broke down and helps them out. That's ministry. We are ministering. Barry, 
runs an insurance debit. He talks to people all the time about the Lord. So it's happening. It's happening. But you're going to, I really do believe you're going to feel like more of a part rather than kind of sitting out there kind of as a spectator while everything else goes on here. This, it's not about that. It's about you. And it's about us being what God has called us to be. It is an exciting time. Yes. It is an exciting time. Uh, I'm excited about the future. You know, uh, there was a, uh, a prophet who's gone on to be with the Lord, and he said, you're somewhere in the future, and you look better than you look right now. God's plan for you is greater than the place you're at right now. The closer we get to the coming of the Lord Jesus Christ, the more his spirit is being poured out into the world and the more he's given us insight to things and the more he's pouring into our hearts and changing us and lining up with the will that he has. The plan he had from the beginning when he first found, formed the earth, he had a plan. And he's beginning to reveal more and more and more and more of it to us. And you are part of that plan. Let me read this to you. Where's Cornell and Laurel? Y'all come on up here. I know y'all got something y'all want to say too. And the wives. You guys, you don't have nothing? Want to say something? Come on up. I know she wants to say something. Michelle? Uh, I want to read this to you when, uh, when he was talking about moving forward in our lives always takes great strength and courage. It requires us to challenge ourselves to interrupt our existing ruts and to take risks. Whether it's in stepping into a new level of leadership or a new relationship, we can't get to where we're going by staying where we are. God in His great mercy always calls us to progress into our future so we don't overstay in the wrong place. Deuteronomy 1.6 said, The Lord our God said to us at Herod, You have stayed long enough at this mountain. Break camp and advance. We've stayed long enough. It's not that we've done anything wrong. It's not that we're not doing ministry like Bill said. It's not that we're not out. But he has said with a resounding strong word, you've stayed here long enough. Break camp and advance. See, that's going. That's going in a greater way. That's going in a greater level. Instead of just a few of us going, we all going. We breaking camp and we going in advance. He said advance. Advance into the world. Go and go. Um, I know I'm relatively new here, but um, I'm excited. It's like this, I've been waiting for something like this for years and didn't you know, know that this is what I was waiting for. I, I, I just feel, I mean, the Lord's really, even before we start talking about it, the Lord was speaking to me about now that I know what he was talking about. But one thing I felt like he said um, when we begin to talk about this is I feel like he wants us, what he wants to do is to use us to set new paradigms 
for what the church in America is supposed to look like now. When, when Pastor L.A. came and preached a few months ago, for those of you that were here, he preached a powerful world, word about how the culture has moved on, but the church has been stuck. And we haven't changed. And so we're not impacting culture anymore. And we're not affecting culture anymore. And that we need to, to catch up. And I feel like that's what this is. That, that it's time for the church to begin to think differently, to, to reach the culture. Not that the culture is going to teach us how to be a church. We're going back to the book. We're going back to the manual. Because God knows how to, how to reach the culture. And and uh, and we need to we need to we need to reach him. And I feel like he's just we're it's. I'll just say this, and then I'll pass it on. I I got when I got moved to Georgia in 1981, and and when I got saved, and many of you remember this. Every church in America started at 11 and ended at 12. Remember that? Who all remember those days? It was all not. It was all denominational church. You never heard of the baptism of the Holy Spirit. You never heard of speaking tongues. You never heard of miracles. But since then, in the 80s, it started, and into the 90s. I mean, there was a move of God, and the church world looks completely different today than it did then, right? Non-denominational churches all over the world that were not here at that time it looks completely different. I believe with all my heart it, that's the kind of change God's bringing again where the church world is going to look different than it does today. And I believe we're right on the cutting edge, and, we're, to, and we're, we're helping to pioneer that new move of God. I really believe that. And I believe it's in a rapid way, um, faster than it's ever been before, not because the ways of the world is moving fast, but the earth itself is moving fast. Look at the weather. It's nothing is lining up with season. The earth itself, it is moving. I remember just sitting back two weeks ago, just watching this storm that they were saying was coming and just going, okay. I remember being little and laying on the ground and looking at the clouds and they would just like kind of coast and they would turn into shapes and they would look like animals and they would look like but now it is like they are lower than they've ever been. They are visible in a almost touchable manner. It is just the earth itself is just, it, it, yes, it is. Yes, it is. And husband just read in Deuteronomy, um, and that was exactly what I was going to, to read. Um, so I'm just going to pick up my part that I felt like the Lord was saying, but it was the exact, the very last verse he just said is when he said, do you have anything? That's exactly what I had. Just to remind us, you know, we don't have the answers, but you know what we do have? We have the word of God. And the word of God is my answer. So, we may not know the exact location, but we know. Whenever he was reading 1-6 where the Lord said that you have dealt long enough with this mountain to take your journey and to go. Also, I've continued to read on to, to verse 15. And what I heard the Lord saying to me this week was, he said, See, I have set that land before you. Go in and possess the land which the Lord swore to your father to give to them, 
to give to them, to possess it, to give to them. And I spoke to you at that time saying, I alone am not able to bear you. The Lord your God has multiplied you, and here you are today. May the Lord God of your fathers make you a thousand times more numerous than you are and bless you as he has promised you. So that's where we're going. We are going to a thousand times more numerous than what we are right now and blessed as he has promised you. So that's that that's 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 just all I see is just blessings and is just blessings. Not in a not in like a natural uh material way, blessings in that in that realm, but just the earth, the church. I just see us going into entering into the blessings in a way that is going to be in a more rapid way than what we've ever experienced before. And whenever Laurel was saying what Pastor Olay was saying, to my generation, it's like, oh, that's so cool. But I was talking to Laurel today, and I said, but your generation has seen all these different moves of God happen in the manifestation of this. You saw the charismatic church come to pass. You saw the acceptance of the baptism of the Holy Spirit. You saw this type of revival come that wasn't a scheduled revival, something that was on the calendar to happen once a year just due to whatever your denomination says is on the schedule. You've tangibly seen this thing. And then here we are, me and Cornell, we are sitting here just seeing it's like all that you've experienced in the 50-whatever years, it's like we're seeing like in like 55 seconds. And it's kind of like, you know, it's just it's exciting and it's startling and, you you know, you want to be mindful that, you know, fear doesn't settle in or you don't get scared or whatever. But whenever I saw that, I just saw the just and the blessings, the promise, the possession. We just have to keep our mind set on that and not the doubt and the things that the enemy is going to try to knock at you and say, is this an opportune time for me to come at you with these things that we just have to keep ourselves where we are just knowing the word of God, what he is saying is coming to pass and just going at that. Amen. Well, where do I start? I feel like there's so much I want to say, but I'll, I'll keep it as, as short and to the point as possible. But, you know, ultimately, one of the things in this, this transition period is really to keep our eyes focused on him. Because it says that if we keep our eyes, if we keep our heart, our mind focused on him, he's going to keep us in perfect peace. So whatever the enemy is going to try and bring against us, if we're continuing to look at him and we're in fellowship with him, the Holy Spirit, and each other, then, then we're good. We're good. As I was sitting back there, I felt like, you know, just the story of Peter walking on the water just kept coming up in my heart. And I'm like, well, what does this mean? And just as we're saying all this stuff and, you know, we're talking about fivefold ministry, apostle, pastor, prophet. We're talking all this stuff. And I just felt like the Lord just shared in my heart this, that all of you, you want to walk on water with Jesus. You want to. It's in our heart. We, 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 we want to, 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 to do everything that he's put in our hearts to do, everything he's planned and purposed for us to do. 
whether it's, you know, heal the sick, whether it's to raise the dead, whether it's to, to, to see people saved. We want to do that. It's in our heart. It's there. Whether or not we're doing it, all right, that's another story, but it's there. And I just really believe that, that God is awakening that. That, that, that where that thing has not been stirred, it's being stirred. Where that thing hasn't been breathed on or, or fanned, it's, it's being fanned. And that, that the, the thing that he's bringing us into, he's, he's prepared us for that, you know. That, that, that time of preparation that we've been through, it, for some of us it seemed, what's the word I want to look for, arduous. <laughs> it seemed longer than we would have liked it to been. But, you know, God doesn't waste time. You know, we may, but he doesn't. And I believe that he's prepared us and he's got us to a place that when we step into that thing, it's going to be on a different level than what we would have thought that it would have been. So I'm excited. You know, my heart, I know it's our heart, and it's really good for all of us to be able to be on the same page. And this, there's more than just this that are saying, yes, it seems good to us in the Holy Spirit. This is where the Lord is leading us. This is what he's calling us to. This is what he's saying this is what he's putting his stamp, his yes and amen on. So I'm excited. I mean, there's lots of things, that, like I said, that I could say and things that, we you know, we're dreaming and hoping. But, you know, we'll talk about that at a later time. But he's, he's said that you've been at the mountain long enough, and he's calling us into the promised land. And that's, that's the easiest way that, that we can say it. And, and the promised land is the precious fruit of the earth, which are the lost. And he's called us to a, a world that's dying, but we have light. We have life in us. Amen. Just to tag on to that, I almost feel like pastor's ministry for the last seven years has led him to a Joshua type church. And he covered us as we went on our journey inside Tifton for the last six weeks. And just to give you an example, um, one night I taught, we may have had 30 folks there. Saturday morning, I had an opportunity to teach people to walk in the supernatural and to pray for people and whatever God wanted to do. And I ended up with seven people, and we walked through Walmart for a two-hour session. And with three different groups of two to three people, at the end of two hours, we had prayed for over 60 people. Seven people prayed for 60 people. One person got saved. Three people got healed. And others got words of wisdom. And one of the things I, I had to question myself, I said I had 35 to 40 people. And I was a little frustrated, but God said, that's good. And I said, well, if I'd had all 40 there and we could have trained them and sent them out as groups, we would have prayed for over 250 people in Tifton in two hours. If I had 100 people, that would have been 500 people. If I'd had 200 people. And if, as you see, the numbers begin to grow when we begin to step out in faith, doing the things that he's called us to do. So here we took seven men and women being trained, being confident in the Holy Spirit, and prayed for 60 people in just two hours. What does that say about us when I kind of challenge, you know, the traditional church folks and say, how many people have you prayed for this week? How many got saved? How many got healed? There's something new about stepping out in the excitement of what God has out there and just being led by his spirit that brings life. I believe that this is the season of revival for this church. Out of death and darkness, this thing now rises up, and it's going to impact the city of Tifton, the county, South Georgia, Georgia, 
There is no limit to what this thing can do if the people will follow what God is beginning to do now. Let's be that Joshua generation, that Joshua church. Amen. Can get it right here, Tina. Yes, ma'am. I was brought up at the time of transition, like you're talking about. My Aunt Toby, we called her, her name was Victoria, but we named, we called her Aunt Toby. It was my mama's sister. And uh, she went to the Baptist church. She joined it. She thought she was saved. Her husband drank, and she was praying for him. And uh, the Lord spoke to her, and he said, If you died, you wouldn't go to heaven either. And she said, Well, Lord, what have I done? And the Lord spoke to her and said, You hadn't been born again. Just joined the church, you know. She said, I quit praying for Hansel, and I started praying for myself. And she got saved. And um, she had this little baby, little nursing baby, and her husband had come home off of a drunk. She was out in the field picking cotton. And this was probably sometime when I was a child. I don't know. I wasn't either. I think I was born then. But I, this is her testimony, I'm telling y'all. She said she would pick cotton a while, pray a while. And... Uh, so she got to thinking, well, I better go see about my baby and Hansel, and that was her husband. And she said, the Lord spoke to her and said, you pray one more time, and I'll give you just what you need. She prayed one more time. She didn't know nothing about no Holy Ghost, about speaking in another language. But you know what? Jesus sent it down on her out there in that cotton patch. <laughs> Isn't that wonderful? Amen. So she was a witness to her husband, and I think he ran from the Lord so much he went to Atlanta and the uh, hornets got after him. <laughs> but he came, came back home ready to repent, and he turned out to be a preacher. <laughs> and uh, I remember when I was a child, he was a tall man, thin and tall. But the Spirit of the Lord would come on him. He'd wring his hands and say, Oh, Lord, ain't this rich? Wasn't that a wonderful childhood for me? From, and we all used to go to the Baptist, but then we, we, after the Holy Ghost came, we named the church Holiness Baptist. <laughs> <laughs> and that, that was my childhood, and um, we just really... My daddy was out in the, I got to tell you all this first. Uh, my daddy was out in the field plowing with his old mule. Uh, Mama had cooked breakfast. They had revival, and it was right there at that little church in Willacoochee, Georgia. And so daddy was out there plowing and crying, and he was raised up in the Primitive Baptist Church. I'm not trying to put nobody down or anything, but that's what he was raised in. But Mama and the church folks had prayed the conviction of the Lord on him, and he was plowing and crying. And Mama sent word out there for him to come eat breakfast. 
And he said to the child, he, I don't remember which one, probably one of the boys, those seven of us, eight of us children, and uh, said, I don't want no breakfast, but tell your mama when she gets ready for church, I'm going with her. He got saved that day. <laughs> he came home Amen. rejoicing in the Lord. So my childhood, so my childhood was so blessed, so blessed. I can imagine the angels encamping around about our house because uh, my mama, probably through Aunt Tabby's testimony in her life, my mama got saved. Amen. So uh, uh, my brother was a preacher for forty years, Willie Guthrie, and he died though about three years ago. He he right there in Douglas. There's a little church there that he pastored for forty years and. Uh, it was just non-denominational. It was just a good little church, and I went there for quite a long while, sung with them, and had a really good testimony and blessing from all of them. They're all gone, but I'm still here. Amen. <laughs> Amen. I'm 77 years old, and I'm still testifying what Jesus has done for me, and I need. I want to ask all y'all to pray for my husband. He's in the hospital. He has cancer, and we don't know. It it would take the Lord, you know, to heal his body and help him to live, because um, it's come back. He had we we had it treated, radiation and that, and uh, then we thought it was gone, but it's come back. And uh, I I don't know if this is his time to leave us or not, but y'all just pray for us. We're What's going his name? Ray Causey. Yeah, He's from Moultrie, right Georgia. Father, in the name of Jesus, we just pray for Ray. Father, in the same way that you ministered to him before when he had this cancer, Lord, it's the same thing. And we thank you, Lord, that you said that by your stripes we were healed. And so we just thank you for healing already, that healing's already been provided. And so we just thank you for the healing power of God that is residing on the inside of him to cause that cancer to die right now in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. I'm glad I came. I, my heart, uh, Daughter Charity, she's such a blessing to us, and she's kept me going to take care of him. He's in the hospital right now. We've been up there probably three weeks, and I just grow weary, you know, of being up there. And she wanted me to come with her here. I'm so glad I came. Well, we're glad you came too. <laughs> Amen. I'm glad I came. Amen. I was wondering where you came from. I didn't know who you belonged to, and now we know you belong to Charity. <laughs> anybody uh, anybody else want to say anything you got any questions or anything like that before we before we close out um, what what has kept coming to me in the last week is um, the word familiarity and um, and this is gonna it's not critical 
I want you to know that. I'm not saying this critical. But I was thinking tonight, times in my life when I felt familiar are my marriage. You know, and you can just get into a, a familiar rut in your marriage or in relationships in general. And I feel like the Lord said, but what you're always striving for is freshness. And I felt like that was a word for us, mm, that, that we're in that's a familiar good. place. I mean, a lot of us walk in here and we sit down and, and on Sundays and we go, okay, we're here. But God is calling us into a freshness. And I want to encourage you all uh, to look for that. Look for that fresh new thing instead of just what's familiar. Wow, that's, that's a good word. Three scriptures, and, and I, it's always unique how the Holy Spirit does, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. First one is, behold, I will do a new thing. Amen. And I came here tonight, I didn't know what was going on. Uh, so this was second scripture, I'll do a quick work, which confirms what the Spirit was dealing with pastor's wife. The third scripture is, is I'll confirm my words, which they don't need because they're the administration that God is the watchman on the wall anyway, but to confirm his word in the mouth of two or more witnesses. There's a little story, quick synopsis of a man called Solomon. God chose him to build a temple. They said it was the most beautiful thing there was when Queen Sheba came, she thought she was going to impress him, and she was awestruck. This was a beautiful place, and God did it. God came to Solomon when it was done, and he said, okay, this is, you've done fabulous. This is my dream, my vision. I planted this seed in this ground right here, and you built this ministry. As long as you keep it flowing like my spirit wants to do, then then." It'll be my place of refuge and dwelling. Well, we know that that came to an end. Most of you don't know, and, and I didn't know why, and I said, Lord, if you want me to say this, then, then you'll make a way, and if not, then it'll never. Most of you, probably some of you have some apprehension to what's going on, but let me tell you a quick synopsis. This building out here that most of you don't know this ministry was planted here in Tifton, Georgia, about 50 years ago. God planted this ministry in the ground here. <clears throat> At one point, that building out there where they called the children's building or whatever was, a, was the ministry. And the pastor came to, we went there, we were involved in that ministry. And it was downtown, it was great. We left. The Lord told us it's time to go. The pastor came and said, you know, we, we want you back. What? And, and I'm a city, raised in the city, not agriculturally minded. We lived in Chula at the time, and we had some peach trees. The peach trees got a fungus on them. I didn't know what it was, but... I got somebody agriculturally minded, and they told me there was a fungus on them. 
So the Lord said that the only thing you can do is cut those trees down and I'll bring them back. Well, the pastor came and, and this is what happened to that ministry. I told him that there was time for a change that the Lord had ministered and it would be cut down and reestablished. Well, we were moved around for a long time and ended up when this began out here was the building and the ministry lives again. We have to understand God changes things and we have to go with the flow just like when they set the tent up with the Ark of the Covenant and it's time for a change. Things should, they, they knew they've groaned over this for seasons but it was time for a change. It was time to cut the tree down, and, I, and we knew it. We knew it because we had been in this because the Father brought us here from Michigan 35 years ago to be part of this. And we've gone, and when it reestablished, we're back. When it's gone, we, we came back. And it's time to go and come back in a different form. And that's the confirmation that the Spirit wants you to understand that He wants to do a new thing to us. It's nothing new to Him. Right. And He will be glorified <clears throat> much more in what the future holds. The change and a quick thing, like she said, and it's time. And so what they're asking is for all of us to lock our hearts Lock our arms together like the Roman Legion and, and just go. Yes. And God will perform the blessings. You, you, don't, you don't have any idea. Because I've been here 35 years knowing that this was the most magnificent manifestation of the Father's heart. And, and he's not, he hadn't gone away. He's still here, but we've got to go away and change. So let's, let's accept change. Let's be willing to be quick, instant, in season, and out to perform the gifts and the works. Amen. That's good. Amen. One word for this transition period would be grace. A couple of weeks ago, somebody gave me a word, and I didn't know what it was about or what it was for, but it was grace. And the word came to me, the same one that Jesus himself gave to Paul. My grace is sufficient for thee. That's right. That grace will see us through. And all of life's ebb and flow during this trans transition period, His grace has seen us through. Amen. And will continue to see us through. Our eyes are stayed on Thee, Lord Jesus. Your grace is sufficient for me. Amen.
Yes. So let me invite you to join us as we, you know, when I start, when we started this series, taking a journey together, I never imagined that it would end up that we would be announcing this and actually now incorporating it into the message on Easter Sunday, on Resurrection Sunday, that out of a death now would be birthed something that would be raised for what God wants to do. So let me, let me encourage you that, that this is what we feel, what we sense the Lord is doing. And there's an excitement, there's an anticipation. But not because we're juicing ourselves up. Not because we're exciting ourselves, but because there's a passion. There's something that is spiritual that is moving on the inside of our hearts to go. I mean, we... It's, it's, one of them, it's one of those excitements where I am so pumped up, I want to go bear hunting with a switch. You know what I'm saying? I mean, I am so happy, I'm so excited. It doesn't mean that it's not nerve-wracking. It doesn't mean that any time the Lord calls you to do something, you notice when he said, Peter, when he said, Lord, if that's you, bid me come. And he said, come, you know that it wasn't on a sunny day and as smooth as glass. Because oh, even in your mind, you could think, okay, well, it's smooth. He said, come, it's it's all right, I can do this. No, there was wind, there was waves, there was storm, there was rain, and the disciples, I mean, you know, 95% of them were in the back of the boat going, no, what are you doing? And Peter stepped out. So that's what we're doing. We're stepping out. And you know what? If we fail, guess what? Laurel said, we, we all fail together. We're doing this as a team. Listen to me, guys, this is a team. We're a family. And that means we do it together. We go together. We work together. We labor together. You're a part of this process. You're a part of the input. And the thing about Joshua that Joshua understood that I'm learning to understand is that Joshua was a delegate. He understood how to find people's gifts and then get them, get them going. And they all worked together as a team. So let me close with this and then we'll, then we'll pray. Isaiah 26.3. One of my favorite verses says, You will keep in perfect peace those whose minds are stayed on you because he trusts you. Trust will take us beyond understanding and into the realms that only faith can discover. If we must live in such a way that unless God shows up, what we are attempting to do is bound to fail. That's it. We're, we're living, we're going to be stepping, we're going to be going in such a way that unless, listen to me, unless God shows up, we're going to look like foolish people. But I would much rather miss it stepping out and looking like a fool than sitting down and not doing a daggum thing till I die. Somewhere in the latter chapter, 38, I think it is, um, God tells Israel, you profane my name where, when you were in the land, and uh, you profane my name where in captivity. But he said, for my sake, I'm going to bless this land. And he blessed Israel. You go to Israel now, it's one of the most productive parts 
of that part of the world. It's a desert, mm. desert, but it is. So this is about God, not about us. Well, let's all stand and let's just grab hands with each other and let's just pray and we'll, we'll go. Y'all come on, everybody get in the... We're going we're gonna to uh, pray over this coming Sunday, you know, because historically, uh, Easter's, people are going to come to church on Easter and on Christmas. And so we're just, let's just believe God. Let's not just believe God that people are going to come. Let's believe God that people are going to come, the people that we ask, the people that we invite. Uh, 80% of new people that come to church come because somebody asked them to come. I got some folks on my call sheet I'm going to be calling this week because I want them to come. So let's, let's just join our hearts together. Father, in the name of Jesus, we thank you. Thank you for what you're doing in this earth, in the kingdom of God. Lord, we, we simply want to be ambassadors, representations of the kingdom of God manifested here on earth. We simply want to be a demonstration of the power and the knowledge and the love and the grace and the mercy of God in our everyday lives and the people that we have a sphere of influence with. And so, Lord, I'm asking you, we're asking you, we're believing that those divine connections that we already have, the people that are already in our arena and spheres of influence, those people that something tonight has broke loose in us and we want to invite them, we want to engage with them, we want them to come on this journey with us. And the journey is, more, is nothing more than just the king, thy kingdom come, that's all it is. The journey is manifesting your kingdom here on this earth. And so Lord, we, we're asking you to open their hearts and their minds and get them ready for when we all go back tomorrow and tonight, and, and Friday, and Thursday, and Saturday, and even Sunday, that, Lord, those that we come in contact with, that we encounter, that, Lord, that you would not only draw them, but that you would use us to draw them. The harvest is ripe, but the laborers are few. Well, Lord, here we are. We're laborers. And we submit to you and ask you to lead us to those fields that are ready and har- ripe for the harvest. Lord, we pray that they come. We pray that, the, that we be bold enough to step out beyond our comfort zone, beyond the norm, and just be the church. This week, to be the church. Let this be the start of what it is that you're doing, that we would change the nature and the culture of church. Thank you, Lord. And I thank you that as we step out, that your manifest power of the kingdom of God would be there present in demonstration 
in healings, in words of knowledge, in prophetic insights, in miracles, even even the dead being raised. Lord, that's your promise that in the last days these signs will follow those that believe. Well, we say we believe. And we're going to put our money where our mouth is and we're going to step out there and we're going to begin to act on what you've said. Help us to change the way that we've thought about church. Help us to change the way we think. And as we transition and follow your word and your steps and your unction, that, Lord, you are just going to do nothing but reaffirm the believing believer in all of us. Thank you, Lord, for your provision. Thank you, Lord, for your promises that as we cross over this Jordan and step into the promised land, that every place on the so- that the sole of our feet shall tread, you've given it to us. Mm-hmm. And there will be no one, no one that will be able to stand against us in what you've called us to do. And we thank you for it. In the mighty name of Jesus. Amen. 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 Amen.